Hey everybody, it's Jamie. I hope that you're all doing well and living life to the fullest. I am doing great. I am on day 127. Ah, days free of THC. I'm coming up on my second anniversary of when I quit drinking and I feel great. Lots of fun stuff I want to talk about today, but first let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for all our many blessings. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us all healthy and happy and safe. Thank you for this podcast and the opportunity to come on. I pray that you speak through me so that our listeners hear your wisdom and your knowledge. And I pray blessings over all our listeners and the podcast and everyone under the sound of my voice. I rebuke the spirit of addiction, the spirit of Jezebel, and any monitoring spirits or demonic energies affecting any of our listeners. I rebuke the spirit of marijuana addiction in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our Bible verse today is John 8.32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the topic that I want to talk about today is the fact that when we are fighting addiction, we need a strong and healthy body. We all know that addiction leads to chronic disease, but chronic disease can also lead to addiction. I knew a girl when I was locked up. She was a great nurse, single mom, taking care of her two boys. Then she had lap band surgery and got addicted to hydrocodone during her recovery. She ended up turning to meth when she ran out, and it just went downhill quick from there. Her life was turned completely upside down because she was overweight. And guess what? She gained it all right back in jail. There are lots of things that can create a healthy body or an unhealthy body. And when we think about health, the first thing I think about is diet and exercise. Those are so important. But knowing what type of diet and exercise is the first step. I'm not going to touch too much on exercise because I think Jonah already does a great job of that. And he's far more knowledgeable on that subject. But I do want to talk about a subject that he probably isn't as knowledgeable and I know he hasn't talked about it on the podcast yet and that's focusing on women's health. Yes, I'm going to talk about periods and trigger warning, I'm going to talk about miscarriages. Not in great detail, just some facts and statistics. But men, hear me out before you leave because this affects you too. If you have a partner that has a uterus, then this definitely affects you in more ways than you may think. I know this is such a taboo subject and that needs to end. Knowledge is power. The truth will set you free, right? Before I continue, do not take anything I say as medical advice. Do your own research. Talk to your doctor before you change any medication or exercise regimen. And if you want to reach out to me with any comments, concerns, or questions, you can do that at quittingmarijuanapodcastjamie at gmail.com. So a couple years ago or so, I was complaining to my counselor about how I was feeling so low. I had no energy and I was just grumpy. I was really struggling and frustrated and I didn't know why. I'd been eating so well. I'd been exercising, taking care of myself. So she asked me where I was in my monthly cycle. It totally caught me off guard and I had to pull out my app and look. I didn't even know. I was never really taught to track, like keep track of it, other than to know when to get my period so that I can plan for that. 
And of course, we've all heard of PMS, so it's always kind of nice to know if that's going to happen. But there's a reason that happens. Your hormones fluctuate different times of the month, and those hormones can lead to you having high energy or low energy, high or low moods. If you're on a regular 28-day cycle, then you can know when this is going to happen and plan for it. Like the week before my period, I always get super hungry for sweets and get the munchies. So now instead of getting caught off guard, I can plan to have healthier sweet snacks in my house. And eating for what phase of your cycle you're in is huge. Like when you're in ovulation, your estrogen is high and you want to eat plenty of protein and vitamin B. Um, Your energy is going to be high. You're going to want to get out and be doing stuff. You're going to hit that to-do list. You're going to want to work out, hit the gym, lift and train, take advantage of it. But then when you're in luteal phase, you start to lose energy and your mood is lower. You might feel sluggish and depressed. So maybe those are the days where you just want to snuggle up and read a book, watch a movie, take a hot bath, some gentle self-care. Maybe spend some time with the Lord in prayer and worship. Treat it as if you were healing from sickness or injury. You do not want to exercise. Um, Take it easy and stretch or go for an easy walk or hike. Don't overdo it. And I don't know about you guys, but those are the days that I would always want to smoke. Knowing this helps me plan for cravings. Today was chilly and rainy and I really just wanted to snuggle up on the couch and zone out. Matching your life with your cycle helps you avoid burnout and keeps you mindful. So when you're in that phase and you don't feel like doing anything, you can give yourself grace because you know it's your hormones and your cycle. You don't have to feel bad like you're slacking or being lazy. And if your man knows this, then he can have some compassion and understanding too. Regular cycle means that you're in homeostasis. Your hormones are balanced, but you would be surprised. Do a simple Google search and you will find out how many medical sites tell you that it's not medically necessary to have a period, which I don't believe at all. Women in completely unhealthy states will lose their periods. Extreme malnutrition, drug or alcohol use, overtraining and stress can cause this because the body knows it's not healthy enough to create or maintain pregnancy. Your body is not if your body is not in a good place, you're not having regular periods. They provide a monthly update about your hormonal, reproductive, thyroid, metabolic, and bone health. So that's cool. They're the result of coordinated conversation between your brain and your ovaries. Um, to the, the regions that direct the conversation of the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. And they are intimately connected to the adrenal glands and the thyroid. And they go along the same pathways, so when one system becomes disrupted, others suffer as well. Ladies, your cycle is not just some inconvenience you should try to skip with a pill. It's one of the most important ways to connect with your inner intuition, detox, and produce progesterone, which is the most healing hormone. Why? Because it removes estrogen from the tissues. Also, if you're still using nasty tampons, take a look at a cup. It is life-changing. I switched seven years ago, and I've never looked back. I've literally spent 10 bucks since then, and 
tampons are loaded with bleach and nasty chemicals that your body absorbs. They're expensive and they're terrible for the environment. Um, learning about your cycle also optimizes your sexual experience. You can plan date nights for the nights where you know you're going to be in the mood. Um, guys, you can plan for this too. Also, hormones affects arousal, sensitivity, and overall enjoyment of the experience. So if she's not in the mood, don't take it personally. She's probably just in that phase. Obviously, the biggest reason for learning to track your cycle is family planning. If you're trying to avoid pregnancy um, or if you're trying to get pregnant, you need to know when because you'd be surprised how many people don't even know that you can literally only get pregnant a couple days of the month. Um, yet they take synthetic estrogen every day and that stuff is so horrible for you. Even the IUDs. Guys, they still use hormones and those I feel like you're even worse because everybody I've ever known that had the marina had it move on them and it perforated things that could affect their fertility for life like their uterus, their fallopian tubes, ovaries. Um, I had this friend that his wife had one, and he told me that every time they had sex, it felt like he was being stabbed in the penis. That does not sound like fun at all. Like, that would definitely keep you from getting pregnant. <laughs> Hormonal birth control depletes your vitamins, leading to depression and anxiety, insulin resistance, weight gain, and it decreases your libido. Um, the history of birth control has an interesting start. It all started with Margaret Sanger. She grew up in an Irish family of 11 children. Her mother had um, fragile health due to many pregnancies, including seven miscarriages. So I can see how she could see the need for birth control, even though a lot of her intention was also rooted in eugenics and racism. Um, she even spoke to the women's auxiliary in the KKK about the, quote, need to cut down on blacks reproducing. Um, she participated in birth control experiments in Puerto Rican women without their consent. Many black women were forced sterilization. And it says on their website that Planned Parenthood even denounces Margaret Sanger's belief in eugenics and racism and is not and they are in direct opposition to Planned Parenthood's mission. Um, but then it goes on to talk about their history of abortion. <laughs> when birth control was approved by the FDA in 1960, it had a whopping dose of hormones that caused all sorts of side effects. And now it has only a third, but it still causes many of the same side effects. A Google search brings up Planned Parenthood's website that says, even though birth controls are very safe, using the combination pill can slightly increase your health, your risk of health problems, including heart attack, stroke, blood clots, liver tumors, and cancer. You guys, estrogen dominance causes insulin resistance and causes breast cancer. I was surprised to learn how many women are given birth control for so many other things rather than trying to prevent pregnancy. It's like antibiotics. They're given it to regulate periods, acne, weight loss, depression. <sighs> I'm frustrated to learn that I, I took 
birth control in different forms for a good decade, and now I know that it causes liver congestion, which causes hypothyroidism. So that's probably why I have to take levothyroxine. So here's a fun fact. Men, if I haven't lost you yet, hormones are in the mucous membranes, and mucus is secreted during sex. So if a man has a sex with a woman who is on birth control, the man is now exposed to estrogen, which obviously increases his estrogen, and guess what? Decreases his testosterone. I found another podcast I've been listening to a lot lately, and it's called Red Pill Your Health Cast. Um, it's a conversation between a doctor and another nurse practitioner, and a lot of it is from their own clinical experience. So if you guys want to look into this more, go check that out. Um, like I said, I have probably 10 tabs open on my laptop right now. Like there's so much information out there on the internet, you guys. Like do the research and and. Find out for yourselves. Don't just listen to, to my nonsense. Um, something else I really found interesting. I kind of went down a rabbit hole on this one. Um, I learned on the NIH website that alcohol and marijuana have all the same effects that I just mentioned about birth control. Um, in fact, just the male smoking marijuana has a negative effect on their partner's ability to get pregnant and maintain it. Miscarriages were reported in 19% of couples, and when the male smokes at least one time a week, that percentage doubles. Isn't that crazy? Think of how we're told that marijuana is such a a benign drug, that it there's no side effects, there's nothing wrong with it, it's, it's okay, blah, 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 it doesn't affect anything. Well... We think this because we haven't had enough studies done on it yet. <clears throat> but now that it's being legalized in more states, more studies are being done, we're finding the truth. Just like so many other pharmaceutical drugs like birth control, we are now realizing the long-term effects that these have on our health. Anytime we try to fast track, take the easy route for convenience it has a major consequence on our health. Anytime, like look at microwaves. (laughs) Those are such a quick and convenient way to cook food, but they are not good for us. They emit radiation. They ruin our food. Back to the birth control, people just want to have pleasure without responsibility. They want to have convenience without consequences. We need to have these talks with our kids. I know it's taboo and a lot of parents and don't want to talk about it. The schools are talking about it, but not in the way that we should be. The churches don't want to talk about it. It's up to us parents. Don't put off these conversations with our kids, you guys. We need to be talking to them about this kind of stuff way younger than I ever thought. Not in great detail, but like a need-to-know basis. If they ask questions, answer them. Answer them in a matter-of-fact type of way. Leave the conversation open. If they're curious and you don't answer their questions or you answer with something, oh, I'll tell you when you're older or I'll tell you later, 
they're going to go and find out from another source. And that other source may not be where you want them to be learning about this kind of stuff. My parents never really talked to me about this stuff. I learned about sex from my peers, and they were not good resources at all. They were not a good place for me to be learning about this stuff. I certainly never learned about it from church or God's perspective on sexuality or any of that. Um, I've been having these conversations way sooner than I ever thought with my oldest daughter. I thought I had more time and I found myself completely unprepared and caught off guard. And I've decided I'm not going to let that happen with the next two. With three girls, I find myself being able to practice. So hopefully by the third one, I'll have it figured out. So I found this book called Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality. And in here, it talks about the new national sex education standards. The NSES were written by a group called I, oh, sorry, S-I-E-C-U-S, Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States. In conjunction with several other advocacy groups, the S-I-E-C-U-S was founded in 1964 by Mary Cauldron, former medical director of, you guessed it, Planned Parenthood. And where did she get the seed money to form this organization? <laughs> You'll never guess. Hugh Hefner. These standards are used to create many comprehensive sex education programs, and those curricula are making their way to a school near you. Sooner rather than later, if you're in the Northeast or the West Coast. And while they sound super official, they're not any official government group. This is the first thing you need to know, is if you go to the Department of Education, there is no curriculum standards for sex education. But this doesn't mean that schools aren't fooled by the name. The standards have already been adopted by more than 40% of school districts in the United States. Wow. Like I said before, knowledge is power. The truth will set us free. Because guess what? If I learned about sex from my peers, guess what else I learned about from my peers? Drugs. And I pretty much learned about that firsthand. Um, watching everybody growing up, it just seemed like the thing to do. When you became an adult, you smoked cigarettes, you drank beer, and smoking pot for some people. That doesn't have to be that way. Our children have better options. We have better options. We can make better choices now that will change gener future generations to come. It's up to us to make good choices while we still can make choices for ourselves. And there are so many things in our lives that we feel like are out of control and we have no choice over. But I don't believe that, you guys. I feel like we have the choice over so many things that society and other people have made us feel hopeless and powerless over. Like, we have the choice to stay addicted to drugs or not. 
to we can choose joy or we can choose to stay depressed or stay anxious. I'm sorry, but I strongly believe that anxiety and depression are not, it's not a diagnosis. It's not a condition. These are symptoms, symptoms of an imbalance in our internal or our external environment. So take a look. We need to be retrospective and introspective and look into ourselves and do the deep inner healing. Do the work. I know at first it can seem really overwhelming. It's hard to know where to start. Baby steps are better than being stuck or going backwards. Take the first step. Make the first right choice. And it makes it easier to make the next right choice. Your discipline muscle will get stronger, you guys. And it gets easier, I promise. As Jillian Michaels said, at the end of the day, your health is your responsibility. And as a recap, real empowerment, ladies is tracking your cycle, getting in touch with your hormones, honoring your body, and aligning your, di- aligning your diet and exercise to the hormonal phase you're in. Take control of your health, take back your life, and give your body what it needs to end this addiction. Take care, guys. I'll be praying for you.